a gift shop, and rehearsal spaces, in addition to a 300-seat auditorium. Visit ParadiseCenterForTheArts.org for a full schedule of events or call our box office at 507-332-7372. Spring break. You only get one each year. Making what to do kind of a big deal. But no worries. Mall of America is here to help you plan the best spring break ever. Headed out of town? We've curated pro-level packing lists so you're prepped and in perfect style wherever you're headed. And you can even click and buy with Shop MOA Online. It's so easy. Looking for an amazing in-town getaway? Radisson Blue Mall of America makes it so simple. Like their fun-filled Rad Spring Break Package with all-family entertainment galore. Or the Fort Blue Kids Camping Package. S'mores included. Want a day to just play during spring break? It's off to Mall of America because there's something for any age. From Crayola Experience to Moose Mountain Adventure Golf to Nickelodeon Universe. And just when you think it couldn't get more fun under our 72 degrees and sunny roof, it's our 30th birthday. There's a surprise around every corner from exciting events to great giveaways. Our birthday, your gift. The best spring break ever. Visit mallofamerica.com slash spring break to start planning yours today. Art Zany. Radio for the Imagination, with your host, Paula Granquist, is brought to you by the Northfield Arts Guild and by the Paradise Center for the Arts. And now, Art Zany, Radio for the Imagination. Good morning, this is Paula Granquist, and you're tuned in to Art Zany, Radio for the Imagination. Thank you so much for tuning in as we celebrate stories and creating. I hope we can tune our imaginations together. You know, it snowed last night, and I woke up, and there was a robin on the fence post, just looking confused, just like me. And I thought, I wonder if the robin thinks the same things that I do. I took a picture of it, and... You know, uh, it is April, and, you know, we, we just think about it. A few weeks back where the temperatures soared up to the 60s, and I think we all lost our minds thinking, whew, we made it through, uh, we're ready, that we, what a relief that was, and we were ready to, you know, look behind, uh, leave, leave winter behind us, and also escape from those closed-in feelings of the pandemic. And that lasted about a minute, and then here we are back again. But, you know, it's every spring. I have to remind myself that we live in Minnesota, and every year the calendar may switch to spring in March, but in our world we can only be sure that it's spring when June is on the calendar. Oh, it just seems like it's only here for a minute, right? Because, boom, it's summer. I always always remember it. Take advantage of those days before the mosquitoes come. Sit outside a lot before the mosquitoes come. And, you know, because I know in, in my lifetime it has snowed on Memorial Day. We, I can remember the picnic distinctly that we were having with all of our relatives. <laughs> the snow came, and it was really surprising. We've had snowstorms for May Day, and we've watched baseball openers, which is today. So happy baseball opening, wearing hats and gloves and scarves. We dream about our garden, so we buy flowers for the front steps. And for about two weeks, we constantly check the temperature and the weather every day so that we sometimes know that we have to bring the pots in into the garage to protect them from from the temperatures hovering around freezing. And that's the challenge of spring for us. So we go back inside dreaming about the warmth and the sunshine and the blue skies. And that's when we hunker down and spend time with our other path, passions. At least I hope that's what you're doing. And it's the ones that don't involve those sky, water, and sunshine. So what is your indoor hobby? Because we need it. If, if you live here, you know you need it. 
And I've said it before on this show that I imagine that at the end of this pandemic, we are going to emerge with some amazing new arts and crafts that people have been, you know, learning new skills, trying new things. And that there are going to be songs and paintings and sculptures, stories, photographs, carvings, jewelry, birdhouses, weavings, pots, sweaters, drawings, and just about anything you can think of that we might make during a time when we are entertaining ourselves. And we've been at home for a long time, and we've probably been spending time alone, even if we're with family. And I'm so looking forward to joining community again. That's been the thing that's been missing. And I I think that being a part of community makes it easier to take adventures and try new things and just to feel that, that connection to relieve some of that loneliness because we humans need each other and we need ways to engage our imaginations and our hands. We need to play and noodle and dream and make things. And so there is power in that making. So I am excited to sh- share with you some more about the makers. And so... I want to welcome to Art Zany Radio my guests today, Dave P- Peterson and Ezra Plemons from the Cannon Valley Makers. Welcome to Art Zany Radio. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having us. It's very exciting because uh, we've, I've been following this story for a while. For those of you that don't know the Cannon Valley Makers, they are a creative community based in Dundas. And the group aims to share tools, expertise, and resources to create a maker space that will serve people of all ages, backgrounds, and skill levels. And they're located right at 300 Railway Street in Dundas. Very easy to find. We have to say that if you know Martha's Eats and Treats, which if you don't, you should. (laughs) They're right across the road. So it's very easy to find. And uh, folks, first, let's let's do some introductions. And uh, Dave, why don't you start off and tell us a little bit about your world and your uh, making and, uh, you know, kind of how you, you connected with making. Well... Um, I sort of, uh, uh, my father owned a factory, and so I, I sort of grew up in a maker space. Um, I spent a lot of time there as a kid uh, working and learned uh, to, I was very comfortable with machinery and enjoyed it. And then when I retired, I took up uh, wood turning, uh, that is making things like bowls and vases out of wood on a lathe, and uh built up a shop, and then a friend of mine, Lauren Larson, put his machinery into my shop, and we had a shop that uh, had a lot of equipment, and we decided that it would be best if we could share it somehow with the community, and there were a lot of, a number of other like-minded spirits in town, uh, Ezra being one, who joined us very, very early, and uh, we put a group together, and... uh, uh, with perfect bad timing, uh, in February of 2020, we opened our doors uh, and then closed them for a while. Yeah. But, uh, well, I'd like to hear a little more about your uh, woodworking and, and turning. And uh, you make beautiful things. You've been a part of the Fine Craft Collective mm-hmm. and the Riverwalk Market Fair right. and uh, all kinds of different markets in yeah. town. Mm-hmm. So people may know, know your... Uh, beautiful bowls and your candles and mm-hmm. um, all all kinds of shapes and things. Yes, vases so, and uh, a wide variety of things. Platters. I've made some uh, large platters. It's a it's it's great uh, to get a little bit known in in town because uh, people call up and say, "Hey, Dave, I've got such and such a 
tree that came down or mm, uh, you're the go-to guy yes, right and <laughs> do you want the wood and usually i do so um what kind of trees make the best for turning well uh of course uh locally uh black walnut is very popular and mm. it does make beautiful things um i also like to turn cherry uh american uh cherry um and um I also like to turn uh, uh, elm. Elm is very beautiful. It has a very interesting grain and color. Mm, and I don't think I've seen I have to look at little, that. It's a little hard to turn sometimes because the grain can be very twisty and, and complicated. But uh, elm is nice. Uh, birch is nice. Um, almost all of the local species. I've turned... Uh, some local Kentucky coffee bean, uh, some local uh, ironwood, uh, so-called, um, a variety, hmm. a wide variety. And I would imagine each piece of wood has its own story to tell you. Yes, each piece of wood talks to you in a certain way, and if you don't uh, uh, understand it, it'll talk back <laughs> and, uh, and make your life difficult. So. Well, we're thrilled to have you here, and I can't wait to share more of the story. But first, I want to hear, welcome to Arts Annie Radio, Ezra. This would be your first visit, I think. Yeah, yeah, and thanks for having us. I was just sort of lost in your description of spring, and also just getting uh, sidetracked by all the yard work and stuff oh. that I need to make um, <laughs> to solve that. But yeah, it's great to be here, and to be in spring, and in here with Dave. Um, and you're in IT at St. Olaf, as I understand. Yeah, I Tell us at, about your job there. I work at St. Olaf um, in IT, and my job there um, ostensibly is to work with technology and uh, creative uses of those technologies. So one of my favorite things in my job is to be able to find people, help them talk about their ideas, and maybe think of possibilities they hadn't before, and to connect them with the tools they need to do those things. And so that's why the makerspace has been a great extension of my job in that I get to have all these tools and solutions that maybe people didn't know and connect them to it. Oh, I like that that way that, you know, in essence, I think there is something about both the sort of uh, computer engineer brain and the creative brain that are very similar and I hadn't thought about the finding the right tool to do what it is you're kind of working through in your in your mind that that's a really great thing is there a maker um, experience that you enjoy a tool uh, that you can think of that is one of your favorites I think every time you ask me that question I would have a different answer <laughs> but today I'm just remembering kind of where my background in creativity came from and honestly I think it comes from cooking and being in the kitchen and doing many things at once and balancing a desire to meet a goal, but also to allow the experience to sort of drive itself. So that's how I think about yeah. cooking too, in that, uh, cause some days if I, if I don't feel like I can be creative, I always tell myself, you can do something, 
you know, with your mac and cheese that makes you feel excited about eating it that's totally different than you've done before. Or, or, you know, you can create something with flavors and scents and herbs and spices. It's just, it's, it's absolutely a great creating space. That is an interesting idea. I don't think there's a kitchen out at the makerspace, <laughs> but that's, you know, I think that's an, an, another way that we, you know, we, it shows us that all of us has, have access to creativity and being, it, it's a part of our everyday life, even if we don't see ourselves as a maker. And maybe we should start because there might be people listening that that term is new. Like, what is a maker? So I don't know which one of you wants to grab and and tell us a little bit about what is a maker? Yeah, I think, um, you know, the term kind of rose in popularity maybe within the last 15 years, but mm-hmm. um, it really just comes from that mindset of being able to uh, use tools, you know, use um, machines, take things apart, figure out how they work, um, use your hands in a time when we've been so drawn to screens and other technologies that are abstract and being at the end of a day after a hard day of work looking around and not really having anything physical to show for it. I think um, the maker movement kind of has grown out of that where people wanted to create things physical to relearn old skills that have been lost um, Mm -hmm. and sort of get back to things like ritual, tradition, and craftsmanship. So it's like a building block to, you know, kind of explore what you're curious about and see Mm -hmm. where that takes you. I think that's a a pretty great thing. And it's, uh, you know, like you said, it's a fairly new thing, but it's, I feel like, wow, where has it been all this time? Mm -hmm. (laughs) It feels like a natural progression. Yeah, I think that that's what uh, we all felt when we got together was, why doesn't uh, Northfield, of all places uh, in this area, have such a facility? There are so many people here who are creative and uh, have an amazing range of skills and experience and are very generous with their time. And, uh, of course, as we learned during the uh, COVID shutdown, very generous with their money. Uh, We can't thank all of those people enough who donated uh, during those uh, times when uh, this makerspace was really not open for use. And uh, well, Yeah, let's and talk about that because I, I learned the word makery when I was looking at your uh, yes, Facebook page. I, I love that. <laughs> right. It's yeah. like, of course, it's not a bakery, which <laughs> is there is one, Martha's right. Eats and Treats, but then the makery. And so I I think it was the last time we talked, you were kind of in that, you know, we have this idea, we're looking for a space, mm-hmm. and we're trying to figure out how can we, you know, bring this to life. Yes. And so now you have your makery. So yes. I'd love to learn how you selected that site and uh, to give us, you know, for both of you, a little uh, verbal tour for our listeners who might be wondering, what would be in a makery? Well, um, we ended up in that site because pretty much because it was almost the only option. Oh, yeah, there's it, not a lot you know, of real estate. Real estate, as you know, in, in this area is very, very tight. And uh, what we needed was a light industrial space. And uh, we found that. Uh, we looked at it. Uh, it wasn't quite what we thought we needed the first time we saw it. The owner of the, at the time uh, put in quite a lot of work and money and... Uh, invited us out to see it again, and we decided to, you know, take a leap, and uh, and so we took it. 
how do you take a, a you know a blank canvas, if you will, of a, mm-hmm. a space and make it uh, into what you maybe had in your imagination? Well, it's very uh, it's a very fluid uh, situation all the time, and will I presume be that way sort of forever. Um, uh, basically, the shop is laid out so that the very front of the building, uh, there's actually a little reception area and uh, some retail. Uh, the city of Dundas wanted us to have retail uh, as part of our offerings, and we agreed to that. And uh, also we have a couple 3D printers in the front, a sewing machine, a serger, and also a little CNC uh, computer-controlled paper cutter, a cricket, as many people are familiar mm, with that. I didn't know that's, yeah. that, mm-hmm. that makes yeah. sense now. I've heard of cricket, friends talking about crickets. About and, their crickets, yes. right, yes. <laughs> like, wow, and that what? was a gift. <laughs> that was, all of these were gifts. Everything, that, Essentially, every piece of machinery in the, in the space was a gift. Um, so then uh, you'd, from that front space, you would go into the middle space, which we try to keep fairly clean, uh, there's a very, very nicely equipped uh, electronics uh, lab, uh, complete with uh, power supplies and For wave generators, circuits and oscilloscopes, and... and and boxes and drawers of components and a soldering bench, and that is uh, something that was completely set up uh, by one of our board members, Tom Baraniak, who's uh, on staff at Carleton and is an electronics uh, uh, wizard. Uh, And also in that middle space, there are a number of uh, small power uh, machines like uh, several scroll saws, (coughs) excuse me, and uh, small drill presses and a lot of hand tools, you know, hammers and and little flexible shaft uh, Dremel type machines for for mm. carving and whittling and engraving on things. So it's a very kid-friendly, uh, safe space. You have to wear safety glasses, but other than that, it's not a dangerous space. There's nothing that's likely to take your finger off or anything like that. So that's the middle space. Uh, it's quite open, the middle space is. There are a couple large tables there, which people use for assembly and so on. If they're making furniture, it's a generally the place where they glue them up and maybe put a stain on them and so forth. And then there's the back room, which has a very well-equipped wood shop. Mm. Uh, Has just about anything you would expect. Uh, And and that's, you know, all of that is set up, and that space gets a lot of use, uh, a lot of use. And we are also developing in that space a metalworking area. Hmm. We have uh, coming online soon a computer-controlled plasma cutter. Wow. Which is uh, (laughs) really nice for uh, metalworking. We have a small welding machine, and we have a metalworking lathe, uh, a metal cutting bandsaw, and uh, a wide variety of... uh, of hand tools for bending and shaping uh, metal. So, Sounds like um, you've got everything covered. We've got a lot of things covered. There are a couple of areas that we've, uh, you know, intentionally stayed away from. Fiber arts, we, uh, we, 
you know, we don't have enough space for it. And there's there's excellent fiber arts uh, group in town. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we also um, decided not to do ceramics because the, uh, the art skill does ceramics uh, very well. And as you know, the, like the fabric arts group uh, in town, the ceramics community in this town is just absolutely amazing and very so helpful and supportive mm-hmm. of new ceramicists that uh, anything we did would have been uh, redundant at best. So. Yeah, so that's, I mean, wow, that's a lot, you know, to think about. And so, Ezra, take us through if somebody were coming in and what would, how, how would you suggest somebody mm-hmm approach the space because it feels like I would walk in and think I want to do little that, little that, little that. Sure. <laughs> what and do it, people do? <laughs> you know, and I, I like to back up a little bit and just sort of reiterate how nice it's been to be in Dundas, you know, where we're in this location that may, you may not look at and think, oh, that's very much from the outside. But, you know, it's, again, steeped in tradition. At one point, it was the blacksmith shop. It's right next to the rail line. You have the beautiful Mill Park and downtown area. And so you can go and spend a day there and make the makerspace part of your whole afternoon. And when you get in there, you know, I feel like it it's as much as it's laid out as it is, it can change and it changes based on our members and what they need. And so if they need to change the layout a little bit, we can do that. And so I think coming in with, as a first timer with a mindset of exploration and wanting to learn a new trade or learn a new skill. I think it's just the fact that you can gather there. Everything's open. You can explore uh, and you can kind of see what other people are working on and sort of find out who it is you want to get in contact based on what other people are doing. And so just, you know, it is like Dave mentioned, it's, it's kid friendly but it's not a kid's space necessarily. It's a family space. Mm-hmm. And you want we like to see when families come in and learn things together. Um, it's really great to see everyone being confused together, everyone <laughs> uh, uh, having that eureka moment together, and then uh, leaving with something that they've done and can remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I like that idea too because it's a space that is out of your house so then maybe you're able to concentrate a little bit more or explore a little bit more or find something that you wouldn't have at home or take a look at what somebody's doing over on that table and you're like oh that's kind of cool I think I'd like to try some of that and I would imagine too we should should talk to our listeners about the Cannon Valley Makers space and and for some of the tools there are probably requirements for training and uh, showing your expertise, especially yes. with some of the power mm-hmm. tools and the woodworking. Yeah. So how does that work if someone... Uh, well, at, at this point, uh, we're st- we've been able, so far, we've been able to hand that, handle that fairly informally. Uh, but the understanding is that when you join, uh, you agree that you will not use a piece of ma- any piece of machinery that you don't know how to use. Mm. And uh, people have been very good about that. Uh, and we do have training opportunities uh, for people, whether they're one-on-one or uh, we hope to have some group uh, group uh, connection, group uh, enterprise, uh, group get-togethers, uh, you know, classes coming up as well. So uh, the other uh, one of the other rules is that if uh, 
if you're using certain heavy pieces of machinery, you have to have one other adult in the building with you. Mm-hmm. At the, uh, just as a safety, per, just as a precaution. I I read that that you know just in case something happens, you need yep. to have somebody who right. can make that somebody phone call make or that phone call. <laughs> mm-hmm. right. get some help if you yep. need it. Right. And that so. I think that's a really good thing. And the idea of having a woodworking space, which is really hard to do if you live in an apartment, if mm-hmm. you you know have a smaller house, or you know you have small kids around, and it, there's a lot of reasons that that having a full workshop is hard to do in your own space. And so this yes. gives you access to that and expertise, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, other people who share that yes. passion. and right. yeah. yeah, we're always able to put them in touch with uh, new members, get them in touch with somebody who knows how to use certain pieces of machinery. We have, uh, we have for example, a computer-controlled uh, router for, mm. for wood, so it's great for making signs and and uh, relief carving and uh, cutting out complex shapes and so forth. And we have two or three people who have gotten very uh, familiar with that, very uh, competent in managing it and using it. And they've been very generous with their time and knowledge and are ready to share it with uh, new new users. Now, why don't you tell us a little bit about um, some of your favorite projects that you've witnessed there or that you've done yourself in that space so some people can start imagining how that might be used and you know kind of pique their interest in what might be possible to accomplish or you know uh, witness or, or share with with an, you know, the community yeah i've seen you know great things from 3d printing to people making i don't know if you remember audrey 3000 from the um a little shop of horrors. Oh, Someone yeah? made a full size costume based on that, um, which is excellent. I think it's still in progress. Um, to see groups come in there, um, epoxy river tables. I don't know if you've seen. Yes, those. I have seen those on on uh, like home shows. Yes, but we had a student from uh, from Arcadia who wanted to do one of those for his senior project, and so he came to the makerspace, and we worked with him and. And uh, he generated a very nice-looking nice looking piece. As I said to him at the end, it came out much nicer than we had any right to expect, <laughs> uh, given how much we knew when we started. <laughs> well, and that's, but, that's what a great experience. Imagine being able to take that from, you know, something you, th- you see or you hear about and you think, well, I wonder if I could do that. Yeah. And then having the resources available to make that happen. Yes. Uh, what what pride and mm-hmm. um, you know yeah. then that craftsmanship builds confidence so that they I think I could try something else mm-hmm. yeah I think that what a beautiful story and I love on your um, if folks want to maybe see some of these things your Facebook page is probably the best way to yes, track you down right. I think the Facebook page probably and so it's Cannon yeah. Valley Makers folks where this is Art Zany Radio for the Imagination we're here today talking with Dave Peterson and Ezra Plemons of the Cannon Valley Makers about this great organization it is a lo- they're located at in Dundas right on the main 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 way there 300 railway street is the official address you can take the bike trail you can take the road i suppose, i don't think you can take the train not yet <laughs> <laughs> but it's very easy to find and uh each each what day of the week is it tuesday tool day uh, and then monday maker day monday maker uh day uh and tuesday tool day yes those are the uh, two 
regular postings that we have now. And don't and forget uh, the Saturday for make and take. Saturday make and take, right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. Yeah, we have open house from 5 to 7 on Tuesdays. Uh, somebody is there, usually me. Uh, and so anybody who wants an introduction to the space can drop in and get a tour uh, and think about membership. And on Saturday mornings from 9 to 12, we have a make and take uh which is generally focused on families, uh, something that kids can do with their parents and, uh, and make something that they can uh, take home and, and, uh, and enjoy the, the fact that they made it. And those projects are all over the map. They're just uh, one of our members, uh, Michelle Martin, is a teacher at Prairie Creek, and she's enormously creative, uh, and Ezra is also a great contributor to that. So, and and that is open if you're a member or not a member. It's a good way to get oriented to the space, and yes, experience. Yes, it's a good way to get oriented to the space, right? And mm-hmm. so then people might be thinking, well, this sounds like something I'd like to do. Mm-hmm. And so one of those options to come and experience the and and kind of you know be in the environment, meet the mm-hmm. people, look at the things that you know. Kind of, I can't imagine you go in there and not get excited. <laughs> so if somebody wants to become a member. What does it mean to become a member of the Cannon Valley Makers? Well, um, you, um, you 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 can do it very easily. You can go online to our website. Um, and you can sign up there. You can arrange to make your payments there. Uh, most maker spaces in uh, this part of the country and elsewhere as well charge at least fifty or sixty dollars a month. Sometimes even more. Sometimes eighty or a hundred. Wow. Um, we decided when we first opened our doors that we wanted to make ourselves as accessible to as many people as possible. So our monthly fee for an individual is only $25. For the entire month? For an entire month. So for $300 a year, you can get access to all of that machinery whenever you want it. That's Uh, a phenomenal uh, access. That's amazing. It's it's a really good deal. (laughs) (laughs) If you think of what the costs are of setting up a shop, you know, there are very few pieces of machinery in the building that wouldn't cost at least $300 to begin with. Exactly. And you could uh, not build that yeah. in your own space. No, no. And uh, you can take out a, uh, an annual membership, and that gets you what we call a maker's dozen of 13 <laughs> months instead of 12. So uh, that can all be done online. Uh, once you're a member, you'll be given the combination to the front door and uh, get a general tour and come and meet meet uh, other makers and stop in and do whatever you want. What so. uh, amazing. That I, I guess I wasn't expecting that it would be mm-hmm. quite that uh, affordable, well, right? It's, it's pretty <laughs> modest. It's, it's a pretty modest price. And uh, it's meant that, uh, you know, finances have been a little tight sometimes because renting uh, real estate like that you know a 3600 square foot industrial building is not inexpensive well when so. we should mention too that there might be people who just love the idea and want to support your organization so yes. it maybe membership isn't the way to go but if you'd like to support the efforts and mm-hmm. you know the community and being able to have access yes. to that you are a nonprofit. we are a 501c3 um 
and uh, and yes, we take uh, donations, and uh, donations are fully deductible. And I have to say that during the uh, the shutdown, uh, COVID shutdown, if it were not for the generosity of the people of this area, Dundas, Northfield, uh, and elsewhere nearby, uh, we would not have survived. Uh, there are many people who have supported us even though they knew that they would not be making use of the space. So. That's a fantastic story to tell, and mm -hmm. I think it says something about this incredible community. It does. And mm -hmm. I'm curious, you know, you, you dreamed of this oh, a while ago, mm -hmm. and let's start with Ezra. Tell us how this maker's experience has been more, more than you imagined, or was it what you dreamed? How, how is it uh, now that it's you know, exists in real life? Yeah, and just looking back, you know, to a few years ago when we were just a group of people meeting at the library or in each other's living rooms trying to just figure out how to do this and, you know, how much all that original group sort of laid out in their personal lives to sort of get it started, you know. But, um, but yeah, now that it's there, you know, I just feel like we really need to stay determined to keep it. I don't think it's a... A, a loss I would want to feel like if it did go away. So yeah, I think there's just a determination to like sort of pay it back to the members that have kept us open in that way. Um, you know, I just like to think of it as like a third space that I enjoy living in. I have my home, I have my work and then I have the maker space. And sometimes I go there and I don't even like make anything. We have really good Wi-Fi, just FYI for <laughs> members that are interested we have a nice working space and so people can just come and just you know bring their computers bring their books and read we have a library of uh get this books um <laughs> that you know go through all the the subjects of woodworking to framing to oh, for all some sorts inspiration of and... so yeah you can come and learn how to do things and plan your 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 ideas and draw them on the big whiteboard and um and and meet other people so yeah i mean it's just such a great space, and I think that's the thing our focus for this um, spring and summer is going to be, is find ways that our members can find each other easier and communicate each, uh, with each other. Um, yeah, do you have any uh, you know, guidelines or rules? or you know, How does a community operate? Because as, as I read on your site, there's no employees and no staff, so it's, it is truly a community space, and it's made up of the people who, who are members and who want to, to be a part of that experience. So uh, how, how have you managed to make that successful? Well, I think um, one way is that we've just sort of harnessed and allowed for the energy that people have on their own. And so um, I think people who have wanted to get more involved um, have reached out and we've kind of found spots for them to fill in and, and work to do. It seems like there's no shortage of work to do. So um, anyone who's interested could contact us and we could help find a spot where they could join our, we call it the planning group. It's like the board plus. Um, but, you know, I think just allowing for people's energy when they're ready to come in and, and um, contribute is what we want to do. I yes. love that idea of, you know, 
and that says that everybody, it's a space truly for everybody, and that anybody can be a part of that experience. There are no special pre- prerequisites <laughs> or, right. you know, other, other things, even, even for the Saturday morning mm-hmm. uh, make and takes, you know, anyone is welcome yes, to, to right. be a part of mm-hmm. that experience. And uh, there might be some framework, right, of, mm-hmm. of what you might do, but your own imagination is where, where you take it. Yeah. That's got to be exciting to be in that. How does it, you know, as a maker yourself, how does it make you feel to uh, be a part of that community? What has it done for, for, for you, Dave? Oh, it, uh, when I go in uh, on Saturdays or other days when I, there are people there, um, it just is a really inspiring and heartwarming experience. I mean, it's just... Uh, here are all these people being creative, making things with their hands, learning how to do things, enjoying each other's company, learning from each other, teaching each other, and it's just uh, it's just enormously uh, gratifying to uh, to see that. Yeah, and one thing I learned also is that it's not just an open space, but sometimes there are classes. Yes. And um, time with, you know, hosted hours, so mm-hmm. someone yes. will be there. Yes. Uh, also, the, I saw this birthday parties there. Like, yeah. how dreamy is that? Yes. I don't know. Like, right, right. <laughs> for me, that would have been a perfect <laughs> thing. <laughs> right. Yes, we've had a number of people have birthday parties there. The uh, uh, local Girl Scouts have met there a few times. You know, they come and they work on one badge. You know, they mm. pick something that they can do there in the makerspace. Uh, yes, we have classes. We've had classes, uh, uh, tie-dyeing classes. We've had, uh, I teach wood turning uh, sometimes. I have a couple classes running now. There, uh, I've also taught classes in making uh, like a charcuterie board. Uh, you know, There's some, some beautiful, beautiful images. Beautiful uh, strips of wood that glued up. Uh, that's been very popular. We have a... Um, um, we have an origami group that meets on Monday nights, uh, one Monday night a, a month, I think the first Monday. And um, we have, uh, let's see, we're, we're having a screen printing uh, workshop uh, in May. Um, uh, we have somebody who knows what they're doing and they're coming out and people will be able to screen print their own T-shirts, as I understand it. Um, we have, uh, um, I think this Saturday, we're, we're having our, our, our Saturday make and take is uh, knitting needles and, uh, and stitch markers or something like that. Making I'm, knitting needles? I'm, no. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what we'll do this okay. Saturday. Um, I, I, I meant to ask about that. Last week we did um, garden markers, like tiny gnomes. Uh, and so How that, awesome. It yeah. was great. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I was really glad you read our um, sort of description blurb when we started as an introduction for us. But one thing we did while we were in the pandemic this winter is we sort of redid our whole mission statement to simplify it and really just sort of get to the point. And so we broke it from that whole paragraph. We just broke it down to we want to bring the joy of making to all. Oh, that's and, a perfect summary. And so to see, you know, families working together, to see like a passing of skill from one generation to the next i think really also iterates some of the value of the space because you know i have two daughters and to see them being fearless working on tools and experimenting 
being happy to make a mistake and learn from it and being happy to like repair something rather than throw it away. Just, um, I, I just, when I see groups learning and working together like that, it just really makes the space worthwhile. Yeah. I would imagine that, that that does open up so many possibilities. And as I was sitting here, I was thinking, you know, my kids sometimes say, I'm so bored. And I thought, oh, I, that would be a great answer to, to ride your bike down to the <laughs> down maker's to the space. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, there's just I just love this idea of the possibilities. And that word joy is such a, a great thing, I would imagine, is a part of, of that experience. I saw photographs of uh, some middle schoolers there with the Posca paints uh, pens, which are really popular right now and pretty amazing uh, tools and just having a, a, you know, a great time together. And what a way to have a, a, you know, everybody needs a community space that they can feel uh, safe to to go to. And so I I think that's delightful. And you've also partnered with some local organizations. I'd love to hear a little bit about some of those projects. Uh, I forget which one was Laura Baker and I forget the uh... Uh, the Rotary. Yeah. Tell us about Mm -hmm. those, those connections. Well, With both uh, Laura Baker and Rotary during the uh, COVID shutdown, uh, they uh, wanted to run their usual um, fundraisers, uh, which uh, previously had involved uh, big galas pro- uh, big and, galas and <laughs> providing uh, you know uh, samples of local brews and 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 uh, other goodies and on being unable to bring everyone together we uh, we designed and built some very sturdy very nice boxes uh, that they then used to deliver these to their to their to their donors gift. and their you know the the boxes are very sturdy and very attractive and and a good uh, you know like a good picnic caddy you know if you're carrying a bunch <laughs> of stuff out to your uh, patio for uh, for a picnic then they're they're ideal um, we've um, so those are the two principal ones let's see what else there, there were some uh, free little libraries oh I yes, believe. yes yes we built some little libraries uh in particular for the uh latino uh parts of town and those communities and and got a donation of books from of course uh, our local bookstore uh uh, of 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 uh, spanish language books we should mention and, content yes, bookstore mm-hmm, right and um so yes we did that um, there's a group of mentors and mentees that meet there, right? It's, um, oh, yes. I'm sorry. Yes. There's a, uh, what is, it's called Project uh, Friendship. Is that what it's called? Uh, where uh, college students from both Carleton and St. Olaf uh, take up, um, are, are paired up with uh, grade school uh, kids. And they, they are a mentor-mentee relationship. And they have a sort of a group membership, and they come out every once in a while, just just a pair of them, just one student and one one young student, and uh, so that's been that's also been very good. Yeah. I just love what's happening here. I just feel like there's you know just so it's, much the possibilities and and being in a community that supports that and says mm-hmm. yes, that is a, a space that mm-hmm. we want to have here. Is says something, and uh, you know, uh, how many maker spaces are there? And uh, you know, 
is it common for a community to have one? Is it kind of a, a new thing? I know both of our colleges are are developing that, but that's for probably for primarily for the students. Right. Uh, but community spaces across the state. How many do you? Did you look at those before? Yeah, we visited uh, most of those. Uh, there are two in the cities, one in Mankato, uh, one in Duluth. I'm not sure if there's one in Rochester or not. Um, but they're they're scattered all over the country. Um, we've had contact with one in Bozeman, Montana. And I've visited one a long time ago in San Jose, California. And so uh, there was a time when people were trying to make them uh, as a commercial venture. Uh, it didn't really work that well for most of them. They've uh, most of those have sort of closed up shop. Um, and, uh, and actually our, our mission, you know, when, when I think, at least when I first started thinking about it, I was basically thinking of a workshop for adults. Mm. Uh, but then people like Ezra and, and Michelle Martin and, and other, uh, people from the colleges and the schools got involved and really, uh, we, it became clear then that, our focus in this community would be a little different from what the focus of those other maker spaces is. Um, uh, we really wanted something that would appeal to families, that would provide services to families and children, and that's what we've done. It is a beautiful story, and it's so exciting to yeah. be able to see that it came to life. Mm -hmm. uh, you had this dream, this mm -hmm. idea, this passion, and, mm -hmm. and here it is, an actual thing. There's going to be a couple places we want to mention that you're going to be in yes. the community kind of getting people oriented and you know, sharing some of, some of that, and those are some upcoming dates. One, I think the first one is... Uh, the 22nd uh, for Arts a la Carte, right. which if folks don't know about that event, my goodness, mm -hmm. it is um, a at the Northfield High School, and it is an immersion in, I, I don't even know how to describe it. How would you describe it? It's, such, it's so, there's something happening in every hallway. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, I think, you know, that is an example of what a makerspace can be like, right? So where I think where the reason these larger commercial spaces failed is because they tried to bring top-down ideas like we have this space that does this come join it ah. ideas to small communities and that didn't make any sense what you need is a space that can be sort of built from the ground up and so arts a la carte is a great example of that where the students and teachers are just bringing so much passion to the event and we're gonna we're not actually going to be uh with arts a la carte we're going to be adjacent there's a maker's fair that's the first time sort of operating in the high school at the same time. Oh, and so fun. it's technically two things, but uh, co-located. We'll be there uh, as a guest in the Maker's Fair, which will be in the robotics area, I believe, in the high school. In the high school, right. Yeah, and that is, again, Friday, April 22nd from 6 to 9. And, uh, you know, it's it's something, if you haven't experienced it in our community, I think it took a little break for the pandemic. It's so exciting mm -hmm. that it's coming back. But, I mean, there's booths from the honors art students. There's activities by visual arts students. There's um, just an all-arts festival, really, because I believe there's music and uh, just a showcase of every, and it's just so inspiring if you're at all interested in the in the arts in our community, to be able to see 
that you know what we bring forth and and what we value and what we encourage in our students i think it makes them you know as they launch off into the world to have this as as a part of a, a value a really extraordinary thing and so i hope that people will take part in that and join your makers fair that is is happening concurrently with with that mm-hmm. there's also the northfield earth day tell us how you're going to be a part of that that is on uh, that, is that also that weekend, the 22nd yes. and 23rd of April? So a lot coming up right around yeah. the corner. Right. Well, yeah, well, we'll have a table there as we've had the last few times that we've been able to be there. Um, you know, one thing that our first year, uh, 2020, that was able to kind of keep the lights on too um, was we, one of our members had an idea to uh, sort of promote and sell garden beds, cedar-raised garden beds. Mm. Uh, for spring. And so we were able to do that and we've offered those the last few years. Um, so I think we'll be raffling off one of those um, and sort of just be there to draw attention and let people know who maybe haven't yet are new to the community and haven't been down to Dundas enough. Um, let them know that we are here and what other groups are here. And Yeah, I was surprised to learn that there's uh, northfieldearthday.com, which I didn't even know it had its own website, so people can come because there are things happening in every corner of our community for that weekend. So it's exciting to know that you'll be a part of that and you can spread the word on what is happening. So have we missed anything? What else do we need to share? Just a a couple minutes left here. One thing I'd like to mention is we're we're, uh, trying to plan some uh, day camps uh, for the summer. We know that uh, entertaining uh, children in the summer is uh, sometimes a challenge, <laughs> uh, and it's nice to have things where you can drop them off and uh, and and they can be uh, uh, productively entertained, shall we say? Mm-hmm. And we're looking at uh, trying to get a few of those set up for the summer. So you can keep an eye on our website uh, for those. And. Um, I don't know that there's anything else. Yeah, I just want to say a thanks to all our members who have helped us out. And it's their space. You know, the maker's space doesn't make anything. The members do. (laughs) Um, And so to our members and our board who have just worked so hard, um, just eternal gratefulness to them. Yeah, and I think it's it's such an extraordinary story. It's the Cannon Valley Makers. The best way to learn what's currently happening is to visit a Facebook page. Just search Cannon Valley Makers. I think that'll pop mm-hmm. right up. And there's all kinds of links there to you know images of things that are happening and ways to get involved in upcoming events. As we mentioned, this Saturday, the Make and Take from 9 to 12. Everyone's mm-hmm. invited to join. Stop in at any time. It's just come, come and go. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just really, I hope people, uh, you know, discover this place. That's I, and and just imagine what could be possible. Yes. And the joy, and that's I'm going to hang on to that. That that's definitely a part of it. So I want to thank you for being here today. It's been my thrill to be able to have Dave Peterson and Ezra Plemon. I've been wanting to have you on for a, a long time, and so I'm thrilled that we got to share your story. Thanks. Thank for you. Us. Yeah, Thanks you're for very welcome, us. folks. I just love hearing these stories about what's happening in our community and all the possibilities. And it's just, we are, it's pretty incredible. And so I want to bring up another one that's happening this weekend. This is from the Northfield Arts Guild on Saturday at the 411 concert or 411. I think it's 411. Um, concert series. Dory Freeman is going to be there, and tickets are still available. You can go to northfieldartskill.org to get those. Dory Freeman is 
just uh, when you hear her sound, there's something really amazing, uh, the clarity of her voice and the um, way that she sings. She is uh, raised in the Blue Ridge Mountains, so so you can hear some of that. But she has just a, she's an incredible young artist. And, uh, you know, Dan Rustad and, uh, oh, I'm trying to, uh, my goodness, Ray Coudre, there we go, have been bringing great artists to our community. So I want you to celebrate. I'm going to play a little bit of her tune, The Storm, from her brand new album, 10,000 Roses, to close out the show. So I'll come back and officially sign off in just a minute here. But here's a sample of what uh, is possible for you to listen to this weekend. Again, that's Saturday night at 730 at the Northfield Arts Guild Theater. This is Dory Freeman. That is Dory Freeman. That's the storm. You should check out her video of that. You can find that out on YouTube or her website, uh, Dory, uh, D-O-R-I, Freeman. And it is just a really beautiful song, and, and they've got a great, great video with it. So she's coming to Northfield. That's again on Saturday at 730. And so, so tickets are available at northfieldartskill.org. Opening up for them is Craig Wozner, Rob Ryden, and Marin Brogger. So great, great, great stuff happening. Also tonight at the Northfield Arts Guild is the Atemporal Emerging Artist Show. That's the closing uh, event tonight, the uh, closing reception from 7 to 9 at the downtown location of the Northfield Arts Gallery. 
and those are seniors from St. Olaf and Carleton who are part of a fifth-year emerging artist or education assistant program. Their exhibit is again called A Temporal, so something that you should check out, and that uh, exhibit is just up, I believe, through the 9th, so that's um, very soon it's going to be closing, so you'll want to check that out. It's always an inspirational program to see what they're dreaming about and have in the gallery. So folks, this is Art Zany, Radio for the Imagination. I thank you so much for listening. I hope that you don't forget to add some Art Zany to your life, and of course, in the meantime, until next time, enjoy your imagination. You've been listening to Art Zany, Radio for the Imagination, with your host, Paula Granquist. Art Zany is brought to you each week by the Northfield Arts Guild and by the Paradise Center for the Arts in Faribault. Connect and experience art at the Northfield Arts Guild. Visit our galleries, arts festival, and take in a performance at our theater featuring a full season of dramas, comedies, and musicals. The Guild's gift shop showcases unique art from over 100 local and regional member artists. Come enjoy music from the Cannon Valley Regional Orchestra or the 411 Concert Series. We invite you to explore your creativity in one of our classes. All are welcome at the Northfield Arts Guild. To learn how you can be a part, visit northfieldartsguild.org or call 507-645-8877. Real Radio, True Variety, 95.1, The One.